0: Who will be the back to challenge Jeremy Langford for touches in the Windy City? What is the proper asking price for Todd Gurley in Dynasty drafts? And what's the most accurate predictor of future success in the NFL? Plus, 2015 FFPC 500 Dynasty number 18 champion John Luxem joins the show to sh- uh, talk about what rookie tight ends are must haves in tight end premium Dynasty leagues, whether rebuilding is a viable strategy in Dynasty, and what second round rookie free agent draft picks he'll be targeting. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your HSFF hour starts now. Thanks a lot, Rob, and greetings and salutations, all you bulkaholics and gerzak addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. St. Dizzle, are you cool with that? (laughs) Whatever, dude. All right. Uh, Coming up on tonight's show, we'll discuss if we are buying a ticket to the Jordy Nelson bandwagon, how Josh Norman may have affected first-round ADP, and what top five receiver might slip to a top 15 receiver this season plus John Luxem the returning champion of the FFPC 500 dynasty number 18 talks about the state of his three dynasty teams in the FFPC and what went into a blockbuster trade involving Sammy Watkins and Todd Gurley for his title winning squad shout out to the chat room right now You guys can post questions you might have in there. You can uh, connect with us on Twitter at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak as well. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. 347-426-3682. That's 347 game over. if you want to call in and talk with us tonight. Uh, The inbox is highstakesfantasyfootballgmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and audio engineer Bryce will get those questions to us in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Very exciting night. Dave, because this is our last Friday night show before the NFL draft next weekend. So um, we have a special, uh, special announcement oh, yeah. about our next show. Yes, we do. That's coming up later on in the program as well. You
1: know, people don't like, stay tuned and listen, Bulky, to see when the
0: next stupid show is. Oh, you'd be surprised. I would be surprised. You know what else they stay tuned for? What? More updates on the FFPC. And I'll tell you what, draft experts and classic leads going off right now at myffpc.com. The main event, you can sign up for that right now. A lot of goodies with that free free night stay at the Westgate, Thursday night. discounted rates on Friday and Saturday. The free night stay is actually cool. It's very, very cool. You
1: know, apart from your little messaging about the classics and draft experts, the free night at the Westgate, that's fun. I think we. I think our whole group is taking over that casino. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna be awesome.
0: Yeah. The craft
1: table, blackjack table, it's gonna be hot.
0: Yeah. It's it's gonna be very hot, and uh, you have until May 31st to make sure you save 100 bucks on your main event team and 250 dollars off each additional team. Yeah, probably. 20 times to choose from this year. I mean, you could make a killing on not only the FFPC, but how much money you can save depending upon how many main event teams you want to get this year. Yeah. It's. It's the best deal the FFPC's ever had in my opinion. That's unendorsed.
1: We've, we've gone Greg on the draft times. we <laughs> <You> really have, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. I used to always give you know Greg, our good buddy at NFFC, you know don't ever play there, just play with us. But you know I used to always give, we used to always say, oh, Greg has like a gazillion draft times.
0: Yeah, he we've, does, and he does. yeah, and now we do too.
1: We've gone Greg,
0: yeah. <laughs> Get that trending on Twitter. <laughs> we FFPC gone Greg. Oh man, my color you
1: know can I tell you guys a story.
0: As long as it's brief.
1: I was walking down the stairs of my house earlier today. And, you know, it's like one of those things where you walk down maybe like 10 steps. And then there's another like 10 steps. Like a kind of a middle flight where it turns a little, you know, what do they call that? Just a step area.
0: I don't know, like a mid-flight?
1: Yeah, mid-flight or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I was wearing just socks and I wiped out. So, like, I, you know, my butt hit like nine different steps. And my right collarbone hurts. You know, you when you hear like Thomas Jones breaking his hand in an incident at home, yeah, this crap happens, man. My yeah. my collarbone
0: hurts. You know what? I feel like Romo. I will say this though, Thomas Jones is a little bit younger. He was not 54 years old like you are. I'm not 54. 57, whatever. That's it. Let's get to the news here. The Browns, Dave. I don't know if you heard about this. I, I know the Rams trade flew under the radar for you last week. So just to be to confirm, yeah, we
1: we've now so all, you know all you listeners, we banned about 10 teams last year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I was going to bring this up too. We,
1: we've brought, you know, we're 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 back. To, we're we're talking about the Browns
0: every week. We talk about the crappy teams. Right. Yeah. Here we go again. And here we go
1: again. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all about the top of the draft.
0: Right? I thought about skipping this just on principle because we talked about, you know, Josh Gordon and God, we had some Browns. Every week it's the damn Browns. It, it's the damn Browns. They traded the number two overall pick, Dave, in the 2016 NFL Draft and a 2017 fourth rounder to the Eagles for the eighth overall pick, the 77th overall pick and the 100th overall pick in the 2016 draft. They also get a first round pick in 2017 and a second round pick in 2018 draft from Philly as well. What I found bizarre about this, Huey Jackson apparently after this trade went down, he made these these um, claims to the media like, you know, you guys are talking about this top two quarterbacks, we might have somebody else above those two guys. You know, maybe they take Paxton Lynch at 8 or they trade further down in the first round to grab him. I mean, that that's entirely possible. Uh, so the Eagles apparently are good with whoever the Rams take; they'll take the other guy. They'll take Ryan Leaf. They'll take this. <laughs> yeah.
1: This year's Ryan Leaf.
0: Boy, I'll tell you, you made this. You made this comment last week. If if both these quarterbacks end up working out, nobody's gonna question how much these teams gave up. But if these quarterbacks don't pan out. It's going to be bad news for for these franchises. For, People for, are going to lose their jobs over these the, trades.
1: Yeah, for the next GM, it's going to be a problem.
0: It, you know, it's going to be a big problem. We joked around about how draft day was so fake.
1: After watching some of these trades, it's not. It wasn't as fake as I once thought.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, stuff like this still happens. What happened in draft day? I mean, just the whole. I mean, it was just trade after trade after, and like high end pick trades. You know, like I'll trade you. My first
1: round pick this year and my first round pick next year, yeah, and also my first round pick the year after that. Just the way that they say that, no one talks that way. Well, you, it's I'll give you the 101 fun. next year's number one, the one after that. Yeah, see, the masses don't understand that. They're saying, like, you know, two seconds.
0: The trades that go on in probably the most famous FFPC Dynasty League, the 500 number one,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the trades that go down in there, I mean, this, this kind of stuff doesn't even happen there,
1: you know <laughs> what right, I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: it, it just doesn't. Uh, so the Eagles were expected to be in the mix for Ezekiel Elliott at eight. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen anymore. So now Ezekiel Elliott could land up, uh, end up with the Giants at ten, the Bears at eleven, the Dolphins at thirteen. Well, we'll see it live in Chicago. We will. We're gonna. Be, we're. It's gonna be fantastic. I hope there's more trades. Were there a lot of trades last year? I don't feel like there was.
1: Well, I want to thank Commissioner Goodall for sending us that personal press invite. Um, fortunately, we had a, we had a pass, and we we're just yeah.
0: hanging out with our buddies and stuff. Well, it's just we're so sick and tired of hang out with the industry people yeah you know like all Screw these the these names that are i mean like berman
1: and <laughs> uh
0: eisen i mean it's time to disassociate balkman and gersack from those two names so I think so we're going to be hanging out with what what the nfl is all about jack The Han. people jack and jack Han. Han. so i guess not all the big names A few elite. we are going to be hanging out with the elite one elite attorney one. Yeah. And off. Chicago's finest. Or no, where's he from again? Uh Palisade uh Palisade Heights. Is that the name of, of the city he's from? Pacific Heights. Pacific Heights it's not Pacific Heights. <laughs> anyway. So Jack Hahn will be there, and if you want to hook up with us, uh tweet the show at HSF hour or at Eric Balkman um or at David Gerzak, we'll uh, we'll meet up with you. We'll be in draft town. I signed up my thing to be selected. As, yeah, to, as usual we just screwed on that. Yeah.
1: It's a couple of well, a couple of bums that get in there.
0: The, the thing the thing that I got offered was I can sign up to be, a, a, again, a seat filler. Yeah,
1: I saw I, that today, too. I don't want to be a seat filler. I'm not going to stand in line to take the seat of did, some other suckers. So did you sign up for it? No. I didn't either. I clicked on it. I'm like, oh, this is uh, – I had some thoughts, but I, this is not very good. Yeah, I
0: got rid of it. So I'm
1: trying to edit my – thank you. I'm not
0: swearing anymore. I'm kind of like Trump. Yeah. I'm trying to trying you
1: know, to work on my image a
0: little bit. You're de-Trumping. Yeah. ESPN's Jeff Dickerson. Oh, by the way, so fantasy analysis from this at all, I'm, ass- <laughs> I'm assuming Carson Wentz goes to the Eagles because we're assuming Jared Goff goes to the Rams. Um, it gets me a little bit more excited for the Eagles, I guess, down the road, but I don't think Wentz is going to see the field much this year, even with Philly giving up all this for him. Oh uh, yeah, you're probably raw. probably right. He'll probably see the field at the end of the year. Yeah, because I don't think Philly's going to be contending, although their division is not very good. So it's, it's yeah. possible they try to tank and then still end up contending. What's the point of them tanking? They don't have their number one for next year. Anymore. Oh, good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. They might have to win now. And they don't have their second rounder in 2018. <laughs> ESPN's Jeff Dickerson wrote that Jeremy Langford is going to be the clear-cut favorite, or will remain the clear-cut favorite for the most touches, in the Chicago backfield. That's even if they do draft a running back. Uh, Langford really didn't set the world on fire last year, Dave, but he was really exciting for a couple of games and for the people that picked him off off the waiver wire he probably helped them to victory that week um if Ezekiel Elliott goes to the Bears at 11 obviously the your Langford dynasty value goes out the window and uh, Elliott's climbs quite a bit um what would you think about uh if the Bears do not draft a, a running back on day one or two they take one in like the fourth round or something all of a sudden, Langford's looking, again, like uh, a top 15 running back this year. Yeah, he's got that potential for sure. And Chicago apparently is behind him if they don't take a running back until the fourth round, too.
1: Yeah, it's so funny when people, you know, I'm agreeing with you, but, you know, just maybe Elliott goes like the pick before him and they would have they snatched him up. Now it's like, oh, we love Langford and then next year they draft somebody else. Right,
0: yeah. You know, and and that's a, a lot of this is, is what it is. Is they'll they'll make the rea- make the reaction based on what happens in the draft. The Browns trade down and now all of a sudden we're hearing Huey Jackson saying, "Hey, we might like somebody else better." Oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, don't don't feed us that malarkey. I'm going to call him Huey Jackson I think I like that better. But that's fine. Um I was going to say something about Langford and, oh, oh. I think this I
1: looked, can still this, hear Pitch Perfect 2 in the background. Yeah, back I, I, I'm hearing that, too. It
0: no, it's fine. I was watching Pitch Perfect 2 before. Great. You know, they had the Packers on there, so it's a little bit of scummy. Right, yeah. So I'll be right and back. And Aaron Rodgers' brother oh, yeah. is, is in that as well. Okay, so Dave's going to turn down Pitch Perfect 2. And I will talk about my favorite. Oh, uh, the the other thing I'll bring up with, as long as you're talking about Langford, um, He could be affected by what the Bears do on day one or day two, and there's some, some teams right around the Bears, drafting below the Bears, that could trade up ahead of Chicago to get a running back. Remember we saw that last, last year with San Diego, trading up to get Melvin Gordon. Maybe we'll see that again this year. That's always exciting when a team trades up for a skill position player, yeah. at least for us in fantasy. I always like seeing that. Me too. Okay, everybody knows my opinion on Eddie Lacy. I love him. (laughs) I was actually on the All Purpose Roto Fantasy Tactics show earlier this week, and I got to tell you, I was probably on there for like 40 minutes or whatever, and a good 15 of it was just me gushing about Eddie Lacy. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, apparently he's lost 15 to 18 pounds, according to Rob Demosky from ESPN. Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, and Mike Daniels all had positive things to say. Who the hell is Mike Daniels? He's a defensive lineman for the Packers. (laughs) He's, I mean, honestly, he's one of their better defenders. Um, Eddie Lacy, Dave going in the third round of FFPC drafts right now. What a steal. Uh, do you seriously mean that?
1: I, you know, I kind of might believe that. Yeah. So last year he was fat and out of shape, got picked in the first round. Mid-first. Still in, still in lead offense. and uh,
0: Yep. That gets Jordy Nelson back this year. Yep. That adds Jared Cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got through that whole sentence without laughing.
1: So there you go. So, and so now, yeah, now it's – and now, Eddie Lacy is cheaper
0: especially on a per-pound basis. And you know who his um, handcuff is or who his backup is? Oh, who's that? 30-year-old James Starks. So it's, uh, I mean, certainly James they – Starks is really 30 now? Yeah. Wow, he's been he on forever. Yeah, he's – well, I remember, remember, he was uh, an old rookie, and the year that the Packers won the Super Bowl, which was 2010, I think, mm-hmm. he was, like, you know, sort of the bell cow for that team in the playoffs.
1: You can tell the Packers really don't want
0: to use Starks as,
1: like, a. they really didn't want to use him last year, but it's right. just like – Lacey, you can't even stand on the field for more than
0: two or three plays and you're out of, you're winded. Exactly. Um, so you do like Eddie Lacey in the third then? I, yeah, in the third I like him. Talk about starting receiver, receiver, and you want to get that stud running back. I, I certainly like him in the third round. Yeah, I mean, he's going to move up a little bit, though. I
1: mean, keep that in mind. He, you know, high six players aren't stupid. He'll move up. into, He'll be like a turn guy, I would say.
0: Could we be talking about Eddie Lacey, 2016 ascendant? <laughs> I
1: think he's too old.
0: Maybe. Well, have we, I mean, we've never had an age cut off, have we? I guess we sort of have. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's always been like a youthful guy. Uh, Rob Demoski also reported that Jordy Nelson was able to do everything in his uh, first season workout for the Packers. Uh, running routes, apparently, is the next step. So, apparently, running routes not included in everything. So, it's now late April, and he's uh,
1: running around, but not running routes.
0: Not running routes.
1: I'm not, uh, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not on Jordy this year at all.
0: I was also talking about Jordy Nelson on that show, and I also shared that same viewpoint. Nelson's falling to the uh, set late second round, third round, in FFPC drafts. So it seems
1: a tad pricey for uh, me. I, I agree. While I'm touching my collarbone and trying to get over this injury. Right. I mean, it's, these things are tough to get over. But now, yeah. you
0: are 32 years older than Jordy Nelson. Just, <laughs> Shut the just, hell up. Just so the, the listeners know. not you know, I know I'm totally qualified for ARP. Uh, I said that there is one receiver on the Packers this year. One receiver. That if I was if I'm going to draft one anywhere, yes, you know who it is. Um, no, Randall Cobb. The only Packers receiver I'm interested. I think the Janice Love's going to get too out of control. Where's Cobb going on the fourth? Yeah, yeah roughly uh, in in uh, well in FFPc drafts. I can't you know all those other funky drafts with the standard tight end scoring. I can't say where he's going, but he returns to sort of his normal role of. You know, being a, a quote-unquote possession guy, who's going to threaten 90 catches, who's going to approach double-digit touchdowns, and you get that guy in the fourth round with Aaron Rodgers throwing
1: to him. You know, if he didn't cost me the Kentucky fantasy football championship last year, maybe I would draft him. But I'm not going to draft him. Did he really? did he really cost you it? Well, no. But uh, well, he was one of the guys. I started him. I don't even want to talk about it. Ted Ginn. It's
0: band. I, it I thought it was between Gurley and Ginn
1: was, was the decision. Those three, those three guys. Man. Oh, okay. And, and so you, so you lost
0: let's, by let's move on. less yeah, than two points. I'm going you
1: know, I'm I'm to get disqualified from being on a podcast on how dumb that decision was. We we're both
0: off Jordy Nelson not buying a ticket to the bandwagon. No, I think that injury, that's a pretty serious injury, and he's getting old. So and the 2014, tough, I keep bringing this tough, up. Tough to recover. Go back and watch the film. From the last month of 2014, he was really struggling – to separate from his man on defense. I could carry over to 2016. There you go, Balky. We're going to carry over right after this break. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Our guest, John Luxem, 500 Dynasty, number 18 champion from last year, coming up right after this. We're back on the high-stakes fantasy football hour. My name is Eric Balkman. He is the patron saint of fantasy football, St. Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. <laughs> I really have a great ring to it, man. I really, really like it. That's great, Balky. Not as much as I uh, like bringing in our uh, guest tonight. Uh, he's the owner of three FFPC Dynasty Leagues at the high-stakes level. Uh, he uh, owns a fourth one, has a mid-May startup draft date with the FFPC. All right. so he's going to be owning Manning, uh, Manning four of them this year. That'll be fun. He's also coming off a Football Guys Players Championship League title, as well as a ring from the FFPC 500 Dynasty League number 18, a figurative ring, a metaphorical ring. We don't send rings out to Dynasty winners. Please welcome Mr. John Luxem to the HSFF Hour. John, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, guys. How we doing? Great. We're doing well. What's your normal Friday night like that, that you took time away from to join us on the show tonight? <clears throat>
2: Usually, uh, shuttling kids around from baseball or soccer practice
0: and getting them situated before, before bedtime. Oh, that's it's nice. Not on. Un- so really ruined- <laughs> yeah, I just we're, we're destroying families on the HSFF hour, Dave. That's, <laughs> that's what we do.
1: That's typical.
0: Yeah, but well, that's very cool, John. What, what do you when you're not uh, when you're not chauffeuring uh, young athletes uh, around to their uh, various sporting event practices? What do you do for a living?
2: Uh, I am actually a Dunkin' Donut franchisee. I own uh, a bunch of Dunkin' Donut restaurants here in the Chicagoland area, um, and uh, that's, that's my main focus uh, besides the
1: FFPC. That is awesome. So do you, I mean, you have, do you have employees that get up at like 4 in the morning to make the donuts like they always talk about?
2: Yeah, actually we used to have our own kitchen, but um, now uh, we, we got rid of the kitchen and now we buy our donuts from another kitchen. But, uh, yeah, we used to get up at 2 in the morning and make the donuts.
1: Wow, that is, I love those the chocolate whatever the chocolate covered ones whatever. Ch- what do they call it? Just
0: chocolate Cho- frosted? Is that the term?
2: Yeah, chocolate frosted. Yeah.
0: Oh, the you highly know. highly technical term that you couldn't yes, come it. up with. <laughs> chocolate frosted. So, John, you, let me ask you a question. Yeah, gonna, well, I want I, I want to I want a bit of HSFF power trivia here, Dave. Yes. I don't believe John is the first guest we've had who is a uh, Dunkin' Donuts franchisee owner. Who? I believe oh, Nelson man. Sousa. Our, our friend really? from New York also owns several. Did uh, you know cars. that,
1: John?
2: No, I did not. I, I thought I had uh, a leg up on everybody being the uh, only Duncan franchisee on the show.
1: You guys should, and so
0: what he owns his in, own, like, is it Vermont or no, this Maine? No, New York New York area, I'm pretty sure. All right. remember Nelson actually amped down his fantasy, uh, whatever it was, a couple of years ago, because he was redoing a bunch of them. So, yeah, yeah okay. he was, like, focused on that. Now he's back in full force. Full right, well, I'm going to ask our
1: guest a question. That's, Go ahead. Written. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, Dunkin' Donuts, you guys have really come around and crushed it uh, just based on the coffee. You've had such a focus on coffee in the last, like, four or five years. Is that correct? Yep, liquid gold. I bet, man. What's the margin on coffee, man? Good God. It's like 94% probably. What is it? <laughs> there's a lot of water in it, so it,
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it, it,
1: it's quite lucrative.
0: Oh, that's great. That is fantastic. Good for you. The last time I went through a Dunkin' Donuts uh, drive through they gave me a little – um sample of dunkin donuts coffee yeah so, it's like it giving great.
1: you cocaine or heroin you know it's all caffeine baby. and i tell you,
0: it's great can i tell you what uh, i haven't gone back and bought it at the dunkin donuts but i have bought dunkin donuts coffee <laughs> at, at, at other places yeah. you know since i had that sample <laughs> so it works well when you guys right. come to
2: chicago for the draft you got to come by and uh, stop by one of my stores I, I got a few around town so you can come by folks just by grad park or no no, not, not downtown. Uh, closest, I'm by the United Center. And I'm the closest uh, store to Wrigley Field. So
0: All right. if you're up in those areas, uh, stop on in. That is awesome. We actually talked about going to a Cubs game last year. We needed something to do um, on Friday, and I think that they are playing in the afternoon. So maybe that's something we can do. Hit up Dunkin' Donuts, go catch the Cubbies.
1: Oh, well, you know, I enjoyed seeing
0: American, American Gothic at the Artists. Yeah, show. that was good, too. That, that was great. <laughs> Seeing art with Tupac and and the Dizzle, that was something you know, I'll never. You know, forget. John,
1: they didn't enjoy the modern art very much. They were like, "What's with these squiggly lines and crap on the wall?" Tupac
0: just said, "I thought there's were supposed to be naked women in, in in here," and that just over and over again. You anyway.
2: gotta culture them up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: All right, John, we're gonna talk fantasy sports a little bit. Congratulations on the 500 number 18 title last year. After Dion Lewis got hurt, you were forced to roll with Adrian Peterson and Darren McFadden running back. And with your top receiver and Sammy Watkins missing significant time, the odds were against you winning this league. How were you able to pull it off?
2: Um, I got, I got pretty lucky. I would say, um, actually I was, you know, getting ready to talk to you guys. I went back and looked through this team. And, um, as of right now, I only have five players left from my original startup draft. And, um, you know, I had Keenan Allen on this team, um, and he got hurt, um, So once that happened, I kind of had to scramble and make some some decisions, and I made some key trades um, right after Keenan Allen went down. I think he went down uh, around week 9 or 10, um, and then I made some trades. I picked up – I made a trade for uh, Michael Crabtree. I made a trade for uh, Tyler Eifert. Uh, Basically, actually, I traded Keenan Allen for for Tyler Eifert. Um, And then I also, in that same week, I traded for Martellus Bennett. Um, so those three guys, uh, added to, to the arsenal that, you know, Keenan was having a great year and, uh, needed to make up for the lost points of of Keenan Allen after the, you know, he went down. Um, so that was the big start, but I also was lucky in the waiver wire. I picked up Dion Lewis at the beginning of the year on the waiver wire. He went undrafted in our, in our startup. Um, and then I was able to, um, pick up Doug Baldwin and uh, Kamari and later on in the year, um those guys definitely had great finishes to the season, which added to, you know, me pulling out the title
1: in that league. Balky, where did Baldwin finish last year? Like 12 or 13? We talked about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I thought he was top 10. That's crazy, too, because you lose Keenan Allen, who was just crushing it, like a top five wide receiver. And then, right, I mean, yeah. Baldwin was great the first like five or six weeks. He was good, but then he got better as the year went on. Right, John? Yeah, he he was having,
2: I mean, he was getting a lot of touches, and I mean, he he was on pace for you know record number of targets and and catches before he went down. Um, you know, I started that year off um, going six and two, um, and then kind of limped home and finished nine and four. Um, actually, I was the the last qualifier based on victory points uh, to get into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's um, just a really a testament to what you can do when injuries hit your team. Work, you know, find out what what other owners in your league are are looking at as far as the current year, where they see their team going. Uh, maybe they're looking towards next year. You get Tyler Eifert for Keenan Allen. You get guys like Deion Lewis and Doug Baldwin off the waiver wire. You know, pounding that earlier in the season. I'm and listen. You get you get that team loaded up enough, good things happen. What what is it? What do they always say that luck comes to the prepared or something like that? Some sort of crap. Something yeah, like. That. like some cliche. so Something like the more you prepare and the more the harder you work, the so more luckier luck, you get. The luck, you know, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but it,
2: but it even tells you that if you, you know, like I said, I only got five players left from that startup draft. Um, you know, I got AP McFadden, Tevin Coleman, Brady, and Arizona defense. Um, everybody else was either cut, traded, um, you know, along the way. So, um, you know, you got to be crafty during the season to. Um, stay, stay ahead of the pace and, and, and eke out those victory points because the dynasty, you know, format with those victory points, it's crucial to, to at least get into the top six and then the playoffs, you know, anything.
1: And those FFPC dynasty leagues, these guys trade like crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm really impressed.
0: Yeah, it, it, well, it's it's why you join, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. John Luxem, the uh, champion of the 500, uh, number 18 FFPC dynasty league last year, joining the show tonight. John, let's talk about a couple of the trades that you did make last year. Actually, this one. Uh, you, you made, I believe, last month. This was an off-season trade. Um, you give up Sammy Watkins, Shane Vereen, the 105, 505, 612, and 712, and all you get back is Todd Aloysius Gurley. Talk a little bit about why, little probably not. Talk <laughs> a little bit about why you uh, were willing to give up those pieces for Gurley.
2: Well, well the good news is, is um, I didn't give up uh, all those pieces for just Gurley. Um, I actually got three second round picks in that deal too. Um, and then I also moved up in each of the fifth, sixth
0: and seventh rounds.
2: That's crazy. Well, that's just highway robbery now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I actually, so I looked at it as I was trading Watkins for Gurley straight up and then the one five for the three seconds. Um, I threw Shane Marine into the deal and I was going to cut him anyway. Um, (laughs) this is, (laughs) so, Um, And actually, I was surprised that the guy I traded to him kept him. He still has him on the roster. But, um, yeah, so I I looked at Gurley as the, you know, top uh, RB on the board for the next, you know, three or four years for sure. Um, You know, and Watkins, obviously, he's more QB dependent. And Tyrod Taylor and uh, Sexy Rexy out there in Buffalo scare me a little bit. So
1: um, I figured it was a little bit safer, more consistent play to, to go for Gurley. Now, let's talk about Todd Gurley just a little bit. I know we've talked about him in the past. But I mean, you know, he's, well, he's this guy. He's not, he's 21 right now. And he was drafted. He, was a, he came out early. Yeah. A totally pedigree back coming off this injury. I mean, he, I would say, what do, you, what do you guys think? I'm going to ask each of you this question. What do you think the odds are he is like truly the next Adrian Peterson? Because you just say Todd Gurley, next, next three or four years. And in a Dynasty, that's typical where you're like, oh, I can only give you three to, I'm only going to project for three to four years what are the real odds that he's the next dynasty guy like Peterson? We're looking at the next 10 years of being a top 10 running back, assuming he doesn't get hurt. Balky, you go first. No,
0: actually, I'm going to let John go first, right, and that way, way I can pander to him by agreeing. Oh, with that's him. right. That's so how Balky does it. Yeah, John, go ahead and answer that.
2: No, I mean, uh, he, Gurley was a beast coming out of college. Um, you know, he was he was um, running over guys left and right, and, I mean, tearing it up until he had that birth knee injury. But as Adrian Peterson showed, uh, you know, those knee injuries aren't what they used to be. Um, and you can come back from them, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. And and uh, while there probably was some skepticism about Gurley coming into the league last year off the knee injury, I think, you know, once he got it going after a few weeks, uh, he showed that he was every bit part of, you know, uh, NFL caliber tier one running back. And I, I think he's only going to get stronger and more confident and
0: Fisher's Fisher is going to hopefully figure out how to keep using them the right way. I will say this about Adrian Peterson, who we've mentioned on the show, and I can't medically prove it, but I'm pretty sure he's a cyborg. I don't believe that he's human. <laughs> I don't believe that he's being tested for machine parts. He's probably being drug tested, but he's not. He's like Dick Cheney, you know, how he's got the robot heart now. <laughs> Adrian Peterson has a robot everything inside of him. So it's very difficult for me to say, Oh yeah, Gurley's gonna be the next Peterson. Gurley's gonna be the running back that that's the, the, the face of the NFL for the next decade. But I will say this. Here we go. If there's anybody who's going to do it, it's probably Todd Gurley. And this is it's Ezekiel Elliott. And and this it's not Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. And this is coming from a guy, uh, John, who actually uh in our dynasty league that, that Dave and I uh used to play in. Actually uh, I think we can still play in those. Oh we can?
1: Yeah, because they're private leagues.
0: <laughs> I, just, I just told uh premium user that he thanks to your
1: laws in illinois my it, friend we have to get out of playing in commercial fantasy leagues
0: i just told it's not past yet. i just told i'm all pissed off but well, yeah well just sorry John. It's not i already problem. was texting premium user and i said hey you're running my team and you're commissioning the league now and he's like <laughs> sounds great i uh, can't wait uh so anyway uh i traded todd gurley or traded for todd gurley i gave up a package to get so obviously i'm a big believer in him as well so again very difficult for me to say that predict who's going to be the top running back in the league for the next, you know, half decade or whatever. But if I had to pick one, it's clearly Gurley. Full decade. Full decade.
2: Well, if you, ask, if you ask Steeler fans, obviously they're going to say it's Le'Veon Bell. But,
0: um, well, you know, you the know, problem um, I have with, with him, John, is like this is now – he's flat out fantastic when he's on the field. I mean, they run the Wildcat with him. He catches all the passes, scores touchdowns. He's fantastic. This is two years in a row that he's had knee injuries. Or season-ending knee injuries, and now he's going. What was the thing we talked about on the show? Like blood relocation work or whatever he's having done on his knee to try to oh, yeah. to, to get that healthier. That I'm part. like, you know, I wanted to train him. I think Gurley tore his ACL. He came back. He's healthy. I know that right now. Really? That's that's what why. I read, and Bell's not an old guy either. Yeah, but not, but uh, that's has, why I put Gurley over Bell. But yeah, you're right. I have no doubt that the the Pittsburgh fan base would definitely be behind Le'Veon Bell over Gurley. Gurley just looks like a stud. He's just got that look about him, like he's a stud. Like Watkins, you look at Watkins, you're like, oh, this guy's awesome. All
1: right, Balky. This I, is right here where this thing says show break. No, you talk about the other.
0: Before we go to break, all right, all right. All right, trade.
1: Sorry about that. That's I guess right. I guess uh, I should know how to read. <laughs> So, John, uh, last month you swapped the 205 for my favorite metric superstar, Jarek McKinnon. Was this just a simple move of getting Peterson's handcuff before he fell off a cliff, or do you think this is the year that uh, McKinnon does break out just because of Peterson breaking breaking his ankle, his legs, you know, breaking his kid's heart, whatever, age, mileage, what do you think? Blood restriction therapy, by the way, thanks to Chef
0: Paul, blood restriction. Go ahead, John.
2: Well, in I, channeling my best uh, Dave Gerzak, I was uh, um,
0: trying to uh, find a, a good
2: handcuff. Um, Adrian Peterson, you know, obviously he's getting older. He had the, the ACL, um, you know, but he's had six years of 300-plus touches. And um, eventually, I know Balky just said that he's a cyborg, but eventually that's got to catch up to him, um, whether it's this year or next year. And um, McKinnon's only 23 years old, um, and uh, it looked like a – a safe play to swap the two, the two five for him. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't even hesitate when the
0: guy, you know, came with that offer.
1: Yeah. I, I still like McKinnon.
0: You know, and, and I don't want to make it seem like cyborgs are for, for, forever. I mean, robot parts do wear out. You saw Terminator too, right? Well, I was going to bring they melted up,
1: melted that sucker down. They yeah. crushed it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh, I was going to bring up, I haven't seen it yet, but Force Awakens apparently. C-3PO has a red arm in the movie because it was part of, like, another droid or something. So right. apparently his left arm wore out, and he had to have that replaced. That was the new one, right? That's the new one. That was just out? It's Force Awakens, right? That's John, help me out. Force you... Awakens, is that what it's called? Yeah, I believe
1: that's the new one, yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, we're I haven't gonna, seen it either. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, well, uh,
0: let's not get into the litany of movies we should have seen because I will lose that every single time. We will get into the litany of much more fantasy football discussion on the other side of the break. Eric Balkman and Dave I come back with John Luxem, 500, number 18, Dynasty League, and the FFPC 2015 champ right after this. My name is Eric Balkman. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am joined by the Patron saint of fantasy football, Saint Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, and we are both joined by John Luxem, the five hundred number eighteen FFPC Dynasty League champ from twenty fifteen. Talking some uh, dynasty strategy, talking some uh, player evaluation. Now let's get to uh, so just some usual um, basic uh, you know scoring strategy that that we have in the FFPC, John. Because of the added value uh, of tight ends uh, with the point and a half per catch in FFPC. Are there any tight ends in this year's rookie class that you think you'd like to get on your team?
2: Well, the, the rookie tight end is is a big uh, sore spot for a lot of fantasy owners, I think. Um, fantasy um, tight ends don't typically produce a, that first or second year, I mean, other than, um, you know, Gronkowski or Aaron Hernandez when they, when they came out. But uh, most of the time, I mean, I think if you look at last year's top um, rated tight ends. Uh, yeah, like Clyde Walford and Max Williams and, and guys like that. And they didn't really do much. So they first year for tight ends is, is really, really a rough, um, rough sledding, I think. Um, so, but there are a couple of good ones that, you know, Hunter Henry and, um, I think there's another Gronkowski kid coming out. Um, and then, uh, that kid from Stanford, I think, uh, Austin Hooper, I think, um, is a pretty good tight end, but, for most of my leagues, you know, I'd like a little bit more established uh,
0: tight end to, to hitch my ride to. Do you, John, as a follow-up to that, do you find yourself, um, and I, I, I know it's different in every league, but do you find yourself waiting um, and not drafting rookie tight ends as a rule in the FFPC and, and maybe targeting some guys who are entering their sophomore year uh, at the tight end yeah. position in the rookie free agent drafts?
2: Yeah, that, that would be a way that I would go about it because, you know, with, with the short rosters and the FF, FFPC, you gotta, you know, every spot on your team is kind of, um, uh, sacred. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually very happy, uh, that the FFPC has expanded the, uh, IR and PUP rules because, uh, I had some PUP issues uh, over the last year or two. Um, and, uh, with guys going on PUP, namely Kevin White, um, which, you know, sucked up a, a roster spot, but, uh, if, um, if you can afford to stash away uh, a tight end, um, a, a young tight end like that, then, you know, go for it. But with uh, only 20 spots on the roster, it, it, it's tough.
1: We try to make it a little bit tough, but I am actually really happy we opened up the pup and IR. <laughs> I was, was going to say, somebody know, else is very happy as you. Oh, God. Hey, can I put this guy in Puff? No. You you actually... know, can I put him on IR? <laughs> no. No, I, Like I've said before, i got these questions. Can I put uh Calvin Johnson on,
0: on iR now? No,
1: that you cannot
0: do. you know it's it's going to cut down on your email answering time. I would say on a per week basis, this is a little conservative, but probably about fifteen to 16 hours less that you have to spend on emails answering. I can spend it more on lobbying, yeah, yeah, exactly. I love to lobby. <laughs> There's nothing better than the lobbying. <laughs>
1: And the, and, the, trade, lobby. and the
0: 11 hours of driving
1: to, to do <laughs> it? Yeah, I love to drive to, you know, to Springfield, Illinois, from Appleton, Wisconsin, driving 22 hours in two weeks. Anyway, so, John, you don't have any first-round hey, picks thanks to that trade. That's why you're a patron saint, my <laughs> friend. But you are the defending champ, but you have three second-owners that Balky seemed to omit in that earlier trade discussion. That was Rob. Rob, sorry. Can you tell us the names of a few players? Give us some of your little second-round sleepers that you're looking at selecting there.
2: Yeah, I mean... Um, there there there's some you know um in in this league uh I'm a little thin now at wide receiver after a few trades um you know I did have Demarius Thomas and I and I traded him away and I had Watkins and I traded him away um I'm kind of you know down on on Demaryius Thomas anyway with the uncertainty of who's actually going to play quarterback there um but uh for the second round you know I, I see how it falls and you know uh there's there's some young wide receivers, uh, obviously rookie wide receivers that are coming into the league like uh, Malcolm Mitchell out of Georgia, the um, Runya Wilson, you know that that aren't going to be necessarily producers right off the bat, um, but they might be good guys that could be you know a second year down the road kind of um, uh, a project that might might materialize for you. Um, Sharon Peak, you know another Clemson guy if you if you want to go on the the route of how well Clemson's produced talented wide receivers um, is another guy that might be there in the second round. Um, but then there's, you know, I may go running back. There's a lot of good, you know, second tier rookie running backs like Kenyon Drake and CJ Proceis and guys like that.
0: This is like, I, I think. I'm, I'm writing all these down. A, a show record for the mentions of Sharon Peak, like consecutive weeks on this show. That's like five, five consecutive weeks. How do, you saw, how do you saw his first name? I don't know Sharon. No, it's not Sharon. It's 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 bizarre. It's not like it's not
1: O N N E.
0: I'd have to look it up. Okay, or Rob can. I, or don't I can care. Google it in like four seconds. You Google it. I got to talk to John about this startup that's happening on May fourteenth, the twelve fifty number eleven. John, you're signed up for that. Tell us a little bit about the strategy that you're going to take into that draft.
2: Uh yeah, that draft um is coming up.
0: Um. And uh, there's
2: already been a lot of uh, pre-draft trading, which you know uh, is always interesting in what people are trying to do there. I I actually um, moved back from my one-five pick to the one-twelve, and and I think I did pretty well. I picked up a 2017 first and second round pick,
0: uh, along with
2: some other swapping some other picks around. Um, But um, so I'm drafting at the back end of the first round. Um, and from what I can gather, looking at a lot of sites, uh, you know that could be anybody from, you know, it could be a Le'Veon Bell or a, a player like that. Um, maybe even a, um, you know, like a Sammy Watkins. Probably will be gone. Gurley will be gone. Most of those guys. But I, I, most likely, I'm going to probably start there with, uh, you know, wide receiver. Try to try to let's see where the draft falls and and pick the players that are going to make a big enough impact that I can at least try to compete in year one. Um, so I try to compete as much as I can in year one. Sometimes it doesn't materialize, um, but I try to be aggressive and at least get some players that are going to produce right off the bat.
0: The anti-CKC strategy, as it were, Dave, <laughs> do trying you
1: ever, to win right away. Do you ever have those people in your in your startup drafts that keep trading down, trading down, trying to get, accumulate uh, future first-round picks?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, I was actually really surprised and and happy that I was able to get a a 2017 first-round pick just to move down basically five spots this year. Um, I think next year's first round is supposed to be, you know, phenomenal um, with, you know, Leonard Fournette and there's a whole bunch of other top-run guys that are supposed to be coming out um, much better than this year, according to the so-called experts. But uh, there, there are definitely... You know, there's many schools of thought. There's a lot of guys that are trading out of the first round and collecting the multiple second thirds.
0: Um, and, and you know, there's a couple of guys
2: that do have two first round picks in a startup. Um, you know, it's uh, it's when I when I make trades at a startup, it, I try to picture who would be in that spot that I would be trading. Because once you start attaching names to those trades, it kind of changes the the, the 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 landscape
1: of what you really think that trade value is worth. I love dynasty. (laughs) It is the best (laughs) game out there, Dave, right? Uh, Sharon, C-H-A-R-O-N-E, peak. I tried to Google it. I put in Sharon, and then they, they gave me all these like weird people with LinkedIn profiles. Yeah, and, like, I saw there's I a lot
0: of doctors named yeah, Sharon. Dr. P. Sharon P. Yeah, Doctor
1: Sharon Peak. Yeah, physical heatherapy. therapy,
0: proctology and
1: Rutgers. <laughs> so, John, you're also running. A, this kind of follows up with our current conversation. You're running two other FFPC dynasty teams now. Is it two yep. others or three others? Well, it's two, and then the the third will be the, the, the fourth part. will be the yeah, startup. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to do another
2: startup um okay. you know trying to take these winnings that i've had this year I, I had a really good year last year with you guys so trying to plow that money back into you and yep. uh see
1: if i can can repeat what i did this is a skill game bulky but in craps they call that pressing it yeah so tell <laughs> us a little bit about whether you're trying to win every year in dynasty or do you believe in the power of the occasional rebuild in in the uh, dynasty leagues
2: yeah, it's funny that, that that you guys asked me that question cuz um, you know, in, in a lot of the the chat rooms uh that I'm in with these dynasty leagues, there's a lot of guys who they talk about, you know, all these players long-term value and and what I've been finding in most of these dynasties is guys don't really hold these players that that long. I mean, I've seen I've seen Julio Jones traded, I've seen Le'Veon Bell, I've seen I've seen every top player traded not once but twice in some leagues. Um, so when people say, you know, um, I'm, I'm gonna build for the future, you know, I think people um, see what they have on their roster, see where they're at, and then they make adjustments accordingly and try to try to win now if they can. I mean, there's no sense in trying to, uh, you know, necessarily just build for the future. But I've seen guys do that too. But it it um, it's it, with the leagues that that they're this competitive with the players in them. I mean, I'm in. Number five dynasty or number nine five hundred dynasty, and there's there's a lot of players in that league that that are way smarter than I am, and uh, they're they're going for it every year. And there's no there's no such thing as rebuild. So you got to try to make the right decisions on the players that you like. And if you like a guy, go get him. And and that's kind of the philosophy that I'm trying to take is if I like a player, uh, I'm going to go get him, and I'm and then I'm going to hold on to him as long as I can. So in that league, I'm in the five hundred nine number nine. I got uh, Melvin Gordon and Kevin White last year in, in the in the uh, uh, rookie draft, and those guys obviously White didn't play, and Melvin Gordon didn't have a, that great of a rookie year. But I, I, I'm I'm still holding tight on those guys, and I and I really think that those guys are going to turn it around and, and be mainstays on on both of their teams. I think Kevin White's ceiling is is phenomenal. I think Alshon Jeffrey better better be looking out because Kevin White's coming. And that's from a Chicago well, area I think,
0: resident. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, John, because, yeah, not only that, but we, we have an email here from Frank in Farmingdale, New York. He writes, with Matt Forte and Martellus Bennett moving on, how big of a season do you think Kevin White is going to have in 2016 next to Alshon Jeffrey?" Thanks for the email, Frank. John, it seems like you're pretty bullish on, uh, on Kevin White if we were, you know, I, I don't want to restrict you to... You know, giving us a, a stat line of, of catches, yards, uh-huh. and touchdowns for White this year, um, but maybe give us an idea of, of the type of season that you think he has.
2: Um, I think he outproduces Jeffrey. Wow. I think that, uh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, Jeffrey. I mean, he's he had a really great season when he had um, Brandon Marshall with him. Um, you know, under you know, he was banged up last year and didn't really have you know, the kind of year that he wanted and uh I, I really think that uh Kevin White is, is the future at the wide receiver position in Chicago. Um every report that I see and from the local guys here in Chicago, they're they're nothing but rave reviews about what Kevin White's gonna do on the field and, and uh I thought that last year when they when they drafted him. Um it was really unfortunate that he couldn't get on the field and I had to send those emails to Dave asking about the pup. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think Kevin White is has the, He has all the skill set to be the next, you know, one of the next top ten, top fifteen wide receivers in, in the league. And he's young enough, and he's got the athleticism to do it. So um, you know, and, and I think that I don't know Alshon Jeffrey. He, he's he's a big, tall receiver, but um, I, I'm just not as impressed with the long term prospect for for Alshon as as I am Kevin White.
0: I will say this about uh, Kevin White. When we were in Draft Town last year uh, in Chicago, the loudest it got, and Dave, I, feel free to disagree with me, but I don't think you will. The loudest it got all night on that first round was when the Bears were on the clock and then Goodell announced that Kevin White was the pick. The place just erupted. Yeah. Everybody was, because obviously there's a lot of Bears fans there at the Chicago. The place just erupted. Super happy. I saw a few hugs, I didn't see any tears. But then the place, it just totally thinned out Yeah, it did after, after that. that yeah. And then we got to spread out a little bit, which was nice. But, but yeah, everybody, super excited about Kevin White last year. I was so bombed at that point. I mean, I think I spilled my 708 beer, and you, then I hit my weren't. head
1: trying to stand back. 708? Yeah, that was the stupid big beer that they no, got to drink. Not, it's 312. St- 312, Dave. Oh, yeah. whatever, whatever. <laughs> I thought that Ditcher, was the Ditcher, Suburban Ditcher, beer, Ditcher was the 708, that's, right. the, that's the vlogger.
0: I thought the 312 <laughs> was the darker beer. What, what is the what's the, what the area code for 708? Where is that? Do you that's know? The, that's the so suburbs, that's, right? That's oh, is it really? No, eight,
1: that's in Chicago, yeah. That's yeah, so 847 eight is the other sure. one. That's the more...
0: That's like the Colt 45. That's the malt liquor. Let's ask
1: John and just shut the hell up. John, tell us all about the area codes in Chicago area.
2: Um, But, hey, but, no, I think the reason why people were excited about Kevin White at draft day is because people were really upset that we let, you know, Brandon Marshall go for basically peanuts, um, seventh-round pick, I think it was, and, um, you know, coming off of the season that he had. And I know he had, you know, some locker room issues and he's a bit of a head case. But, you know, um, we want to see guys produce on the field, and and that's why I think when they went out and got a top flight receiver um, with that pick, that high pick in the draft, I think, you know, the city was really uh, optimistic and and excited, especially with Adam Gates coming over. Um, They were, you know, we we were thinking that, Hey, this could be the next uh, big thing in in, in town. So hopefully this year, uh, you know, with the new coordinator, uh, you know, Penny Loggins or Wayne Loggins or whatever that guy's
0: name is, um,
2: (laughs) you know, we, we can,
0: uh, yeah, don't, don't you worry about him. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, hopefully we're not in the danger zone or something oh, like that. But, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah.
1: That's good.
2: That's good. <laughs> but uh, I, I, we're very optimistic here in Chicago about, about Kevin White and, and what Jay Cutler and, and, the, and the Bears offense can do. And, I mean, it'll be interesting with the draft. Um, you know, I, I heard you talking about Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, if, if the Bears and, and Lankford, um, you know, it's uh, you keep hearing rumors that the Bears might take a running back. I think they're going to take a running back in the in the um, at some point in the draft. Um, and if Ezekiel Elliott falls to the Bears at 11, I, I mean, I, I think that they they might be forced to to make that pick. I don't think they're as high on Langford as everybody else thinks they might be. Um, he's a nice player, but I, I just don't think he's the the difference maker um, that that everybody might want him, want him to be.
1: Let's see, that's, that's John, we need this local analysis yeah. at the draft. So, I mean, I think you need to call in either sick or call in well on Friday, and you need to come to the first round and hang out with us. We're hang, we're at the Palmer House, Hilton. We're walking the half okay. mile to Grand Park. I've, I saw
0: last year there were so many cops around. People are, you know, it's very safe there. Very I, ran, safe. I ran into one of my old college buddies randomly. Really? That, Is he a yeah, cop? don't you remember that? No, no, no. Remember he was wearing oh, the, yeah, yeah. the Viking jersey? Yeah. yeah, we just, that it was, was great a great time.
1: Come on down, hang out, you know, call in well, whatever. <laughs>
0: Have, it's very. Final is, that
1: a, is that a shot at our, at our town's crime record? Is, no, I'm, you know? I'm not making any commentary <laughs> on the murder rate in uh, certain areas. It's just certain areas, though, right? Just
2: certain areas. Way, way far south. Yeah, exactly. You go oh, past White, you God. go past Comiskey Park, and, and then it gets bad.
1: Yeah, there so you go. We're in the safe zone, <laughs> yeah, not exactly. the danger zone.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: not the danger zone, right? <laughs> All right, you know this is a great interview. Uh, final. I always say final question, but this isn't a question. This is a statement. Give us a guy that you really like right now that you're starting to that you're really starting to like for redraft leagues and a guy that you're going to stay away from as much as possible in 2016. So we're totally switching topics from our dynasty stuff, and we're talking about redraft now.
2: Sure. Um, I'm, I'm really hating um, Freeman, um, and, and, and I'm loving Lamar Miller. I, I really think that the, the Texans did a great thing getting Lamar Miller. I think it's going to hurt Hopkins' value, um, but I think Lamar, Lamar Miller is going to have a great – season, um being the lead running back. I yeah, you know, they never I don't think they really used him to his full potential in, in Miami. And Miami's you know scrambling still. I mean every time I turn on the internet they're trying to find another running back that they're not high on Jay Ajayi. Um but um I, I'm I'm very high on Lamar Miller and, and I'm like I kinda of told you I was already down on Alshon Jeffries. So um those are the guys that I'm staying away from, Alshon Jeffrey. Demarius Thomas, again, I traded him because I don't know who their quarterback's going to be over there. Um, so um, those are the guys that uh, are and – and I like Coleman in, in Atlanta to, to uh, you know, really push Freeman. So, you know, I, I was high on Tevin Coleman last year coming out of college, and, you know, he had a great first game and then he got hurt. Um, you know, I, I really think that uh, – Atlanta wasn't sold on three minutes as well, and obviously he had a great great season, but I'd be impressed if he could do that
0: again, yeah, I would be too. I never count out a former Florida State Seminole, but uh, I'm with you, man i'm I probably not going to get too many Freeman teams this year, and I'm also a big fan of Lamar Miller this year. I think he uh, he does great things in Houston and you've John you've done great things in uh, the FFPC dynasty. 500 number 18, you uh, are set up for, for great things uh, in your other dynasties. Good luck with the startup uh, coming up next month. Actually, it's just a, a few weeks away. Uh, we're going to try to hit up one of the uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Maybe maybe check out Wrigley Field. I, I don't know, uh, but we're, we're definitely going to try to do that uh, next week when we're down there for the draft. Hopefully... You can uh you can make your way to draft town. We'll understand if you can't, but uh it'd be Ooh. quite a pleasure hanging out yeah. with you, man. Find uh out. that'd be that'd be awesome. I'll, I'll try
2: to come and find you guys on Friday. I'm I'll be in Vegas on Thursday night for the uh first round of the draft, but uh I'll be back in Chicago Friday. So uh, pretty pretty. Well I'll try to Vegas. definitely look for you guys. Uh, see I'm all you right. going to all right. Vegas well, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday,
0: Thursday. All right. Nice. You need, well Friday in advanced bets, uh, let me know. All right. <laughs> I I I, <laughs> I appreciate it. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, Listen, good luck this season. Hopefully we see you next week, and thanks for uh, coming on the show tonight, man.
2: All right, guys. Take care. Thanks.
0: John Luxem, the 500 FFPC Dynasty number 18 champion, going to be playing in a few other FFPC Dynasty leagues. Really good Bears analysis. Yeah, totally. Good nice Good stuff. stuff on Kevin White. Were you surprised yeah. at the Kevin White statement?
1: Yeah, big love on Kevin White.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, right. it caught me off guard, but... You, you kind of forget about him a little bit, right? You, you do forget about him, but then, remember, Alshon Jeffrey? it's not like he's been a pinnacle of health. So, I mean, Kevin White could, right. could be the man uh, be. on that team this year. So we'll, we'll find out. Shout out to Zeb Cap. He
1: posted a, 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 a link, an interactive map to the Chicago murders. So, Valky, I just was taking a look at this, and, you know... He's right. I mean, look at so this looks really bad. Like, well, wow, looks, looks terrible, right? Yeah. But you zoom in here to where we're going to be. It's pretty safe. I mean, here's the whole field museum shed. The shed aquarium is right here. There was only two murders in all of, their, all of that, whatever time period, 12 yeah. months between like 290 here. And then there's another highway uh,
0: 55. So I mean, right. that's, a, that's a
1: whole big lot of room there. And there was, no, there was no murders in the Grand Park area.
0: Yeah, that's, that, uh, that does look good. Okay. I, so I feel I, pretty good. I, I feel a little not bit Not that many pub.
1: murders. Like two murders.
0: Yeah. Okay. And well, not, None by the
1: aquarium or anything. We were talking about going to the aquarium, so we're good. We're safe with you. Are we
0: going to do the Shedd Aquarium? That was your vote. I think the Field Museum is good, too. Okay. Well, the aquarium gets more pub, and I've never been there. so. I mean, I've seen fish in an octopi before. Yeah, but that close. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, find I want an octopus on my face. Just <laughs> jump on it. That'd be so great. All right.
1: Uh, You're be diving with the fishes.
0: We're getting away. Well, we're not. We're getting away from things here. I want to take a quick break, real quick break. And we'll be right back after this with all your tweets and emails answered here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. This is Eric Balkman coming at you on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour along with the patron saint of Fantasy all right. Football. No, you can say it like once. I'm not okay. going to say it once. I'm going to just say just drill week. at home so it's like synonymous. Dave Gerzek. <laughs> hatred saint of fantasy football, Saint Dizzle. We're, we're saving fantasy one state at a time, Bob. Exactly, okay. and Illinois did some good work there this week. I saw I saw an article where you were quoted in the New York Daily News. How about that?
1: I was pretty happy. That was that was a great article. That's just, very just, exciting. Just you know, in fact, anyone who's listening should go to sbfsta. dot org, or actually, not at sbfsta on Twitter, right. and then retweet the uh, the reference to. Uh, At M. Zaleski, it's spelled Zalewski, but he's the uh, the nice House of Representatives person in Illinois who's been really, you know, against a lot of opposition, he's been trying to make that fantasy bill go through and and work on
0: it. Working very hard. We certainly appreciate his efforts, your efforts. I saw our uh, lobbyist, Steve Brubaker, said you are now the most famous person in Appleton, Wisconsin. (laughs) That's Harry Houdini. And uh, I was offended because (laughs) that is a title I currently hold. That's
1: you. Bucky, you're the most famous person on Swarm, for sure. Yeah, no, that's... Look. You're the mayor
0: of... Are you the mayor of Wisconsin? No, on, I can't on, get that because... The,
1: you're the mayor of Appleton, though. Yeah,
0: that that's a tough one to get. That's That I have to wake up super early every day and check right, it to, to keep it. Yeah, I think that's but you know, sometimes I let it go for a day mm-hmm. because then I'll get actually more coins if I let it go and then reclaim the mayorship a day <laughs> later. More coins. All yeah. right, let's talk back to fans. All right, let's, oh. let's talk. Uh, we have a bunch of emails here, Dave. The first one... Is right in front of me, so I'm going to read it. Good, good, and it good is from somebody in Rochelle Park, New Jersey, named Walt. Walt. When you guys try and project how good a college player will be in the pros, what's most important? Opportunity? System? Talent? Game film? Metrics? Or something else? See you in Chicago and go Jets. So there you go. Walt in Rochelle Park, New Jersey, going to be hanging out with us uh, at the draft. Evidently. So what, what of those things do you think is the most important, Dave? You know, when it comes to running back, I would say it's
1: opportunity. Well, I think when you get the chance to play, um, but when you talk about like wide receiver and other positions, I think it comes down to talent. Eventually, talent does win out, and even in running back, I think talent wins out in the long run. Uh, you know, you, I think talent wins. Yeah, I think you look at the film and the metrics, and I mean, I think that takes your that's like a combination, your talent or your skills in playing playing the sport. Um, are a combination of the film and metrics. It's probably more film, so film and the metrics. I mean, as far as actually being able to play football, yeah. you can play football or you can't. Yeah, I
0: would. Say, I mean, like talent is, is it's tough to define. I guess you know. I to me, that's the most important thing. But I mean, it's kind it's of like how do you how do you how do you define talent? You like know, podcasting it's tough to do a that. Bit. So I would. I honestly, I throw yeah, whatever. <laughs> I I throw out opportunity. I, to me, that means nothing. You throw that out. I totally throw that. I totally discount that. All right. Out. Well, when you're talking about projecting how good a college player can be in the pros, opportunity is such a small part of it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it should. We're, we're defining the player here, okay? No, we're defining how they're going to do. Yeah. And to me, opportunity is just like whatever. A guy blows out an ACL or, a, you know, a guy gets cut or whatever. All of a sudden, there's an opportunity that has nothing to do with the player.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if, you never get, if you're behind an all-pro player in the prime of his
0: career, yeah. you're just not going to get the opportunity. You're not going to get the chance to play, no matter how talented you okay, are. Okay, so maybe it's less important for running backs, or excuse me, less important for receivers than running backs. Or you more see, important for receivers than running backs. You back see kids. it frequently. Um, to me, uh, I, are you a film guy or a metrics guy? I think it's been well established. I'm more of a metrics person, and I think I'm more of a film guy. But and the reason I, I'm more but, of a metrics
1: person. Is I don't really like to watch film as much.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't like to either. But it's like what you put your basis behind, and I think both are important. But to me, if I've seen a guy do it at the college level, um, that that's going to be the most important thing for me. But all these other factors go into it as well.
1: I do. I mean, absolutely respect. Like Matt Waldman is like the ultimate film guy, and he. I mean, he puts in you know nine hundred and fifty thousand pages worth of work every year, turns it out. Great. And, um, you know, I usually agree with it, but not always.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, And
1: I'm often right, and he's often wrong, and I'm, he's often right, and I'm often wrong.
0: Yeah. But either he, way,
1: you save time. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, you only have, like, 80-some years on this planet. So, I mean, Jesus, how much time you want to spend watching film?
0: Man, I, I, that's why I leave it to Waldman. Let him do it.
1: You know, when I'm at my death,
0: I don't want to say, ah. I wish I would watched more film. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I like, spent a little less time at the
0: family. You know, I really wanted to talk more about that <laughs> third string running back from Georgia. And I, I just ran out of time because there's only so much you can say about Bulldog running backs. That'd be you on your deathbed. And now I'm dead. Or Matt Waldman. <laughs> Hello, Captain America and Iron Man. Now that, by the way, which one are you? Captain America or Iron Man? Do you know the premise of Civil War coming up? You're probably not even going to see that movie, are you? Civil War? Yeah. The, the, is the name of the movie
1: Civil War and it's about Captain, superheroes? Captain America this Civil War. This is so War. stupid.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, Those movies are stupid. It's basically the government wants the, these, these superheroes to register with the government, and Iron Man's totally behind it, and his team is totally behind it. Captain America and his team is totally against it. It's a good social commentary. Good gracious. They really did run out of plots. Whatever. This is a plot that's already from the comics. It's not like they came up with this. Now that Ronnie Hillman
1: that surprise me either.
0: is back in the fold in Denver, are you guys concerned that C.J. Anderson might get railroaded by Kubiak for a cha- uh, for a chunk of the season again? Inexplicably, Hillman got a lot of touches over Anderson, even when he wasn't doing anything with them last year. Could we see more of the same in 2016? That's Bill in Hamilton Dome, Wyoming. Wow. Uh, so Hillman is now with the Broncos again, mm-hmm. sort of what the Packers did. You know, they, they had Lacey and they bring back Starks for cheap. The Broncos had C.J. Anderson. They bring Hillman back for cheap. Are you concerned if... Uh, first of all, let's establish where what your feelings are on C.J. Anderson this year. Would you take him the second or the third round? No. Okay. So, for you, this is sort of moot because Hillman's not going to affect... You're not going to get C.J. Anderson, basically. That's where he goes? Yeah. I
1: would take Lacey over C.J.
0: Anderson. I would, too. But he he's sort of in that same tier. Like, Matt Forte is going right right around there. Devontae Freeman. Okay. okay. So, I, would say,
1: I would take... I would.
0: Does this, I, does I, know the the are,
1: I know a lot of good high-stakes players are saying that Devonta Freeman is not going to be as good, and they like Tevin Coleman. I would still definitely take Devonta. Well, we Freeman. just heard one of them. John Luxon said. Yeah, that. I know he said that. I would still take Freeman for sure over uh, C.J. Anderson. Okay. And probably over Lacey still too. Freeman you, you
0: li- had a fantastic. I know. I know you look back, and it's not going to be the same year, but fantastic year. Do you like Anderson significantly less, a little bit less, or just the same now that you know Hillman's going to be back?
1: Uh, a little bit less. I mean, I don't trust Kubiak for the life of me. So I mean, I, I mean, As far as you can throw him. No, I really don't. I mean, you bring back Hillman, and he's going to get some carries. I mean, I don't trust that all of, all of a sudden he's going to just change the way he operates. I just don't, I don't trust it, no matter what he says.
0: Al in Arlington, Texas. What do you guys know about Devon Kajust, and what will the FFPC label him as, tight end or receiver? Oh, God. I'm, now, I'm not prepared your, for these questions, your, well, well, you know what? I am. So I'll say this right now. This is an an anonymous NFL scout told Bob McGinn from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. uh, I'm going to read the quote, okay? You tell me if this guy is from the south or the north. (laughs) (laughs) This should be fun. That son of a guy is talented, talented. (laughs) Now, he's a weird kid, but he's talented, not a tight end. He'd be a big slot, excellent athlete. (laughs) I kind of—I was a little bit biased there. I think that, that scout is from the south. So, uh, Kajust ran the fastest three cone drill of anyone at the combine and ranked number five. Anyone in,
1: six four nine? Right,
0: and wow. and ranked number five among all receivers this decade. Even though he probably will be playing tight end at the next level, another scout said, uh, "This is scouts not from the south. Um, maybe he's maybe he's a Packers scout. Maybe so, he's, you know, maybe he's a Packers scout." He's that new breed of receiving tight end. Put him in the slot. I like him to a point. <laughs> Tough, hard nose blocker. Oh, this is the third scout. Uh, well, maybe this guy's from Boston. Tough, hard nose blocker. Boy, this guy likes to sneak up on him. He hit a couple of guys from UCLA and turned him up. Turned him fistle end up, I'll tell you. He's one, he's one <laughs> of them gliders and sliders that you don't have to be real fast but your time where you pop open in the seam. He'd be that fourth or fifth wide receiver who comes on in third down because he can block and catch in traffic. That's great. It was a terrible. I was like combined Boston and Brooklyn. That's pretty good. So, anyway, Devon, Devon Kajus, I'm liking this guy, man. I mean, he and everybody talks about, and we heard um, John Luxon talking about Austin Hooper and how he likes him because Hooper was the tight end on this team. But Kajus, if he plays wide or tight end at the next level – He'd be very valuable in FFPC leagues. Yes, for sure. I totally agree. So, did did you do I know you've been lobbying it up. Did you know anything about Kajust before this? Not at all. Cuz I I was blown away with and then I started I like watching his name some a of lot highlights. Too. Yeah, Kajust.
1: And he went to Stanford, so he's not a total idiot. You know, Stanford doesn't just let the dumb guys in like they do in the SEC. Yeah. They actually make these guys be somewhat smart before they just let them in. They just look stupid. He
0: does look Kind of interesting. Let me tell you the one, the most,
1: he's just happy. Well, I was thinking
0: Andrew Luck does not look like a very intelligent man. Um, I'll tell you who is one guy who's come out of Stanford who looks the part (laughs) (laughs) and plays the part.
1: You know what? I think we're about to talk about opportunity here, and
0: it's going to set the world on fire. Is it, are we talking about opportunity or, or talent? The patron saint of first-round FFPC picks, Kobe Fleener, did. Jesus, going to he's set a, the world on fire this year. In the dictionary, his, 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 if opportunity, it will show Fleener. and uh, talent <laughs> and uh, and metrics and uh, he, film. he's a he's a five-tool five five-tool guy. Uh, here's an email from Ron in Houston, Texas. I think this name's catching on. Dear patron, Saint of Fantasy Football and Satan. Oh, I'm and- sure he. I'm sure and- he put that in. There. And Satan's little helper. So I guess I'm <laughs> Satan's little helper. Um, That's accurate. Okay, uh, let's see. If you guys take the NFL schedule into account when drafting, did Julio Jones get a bump by having the Panthers release Josh Norman? He was scheduled to obviously face him twice, including at carolina in the week 16 championship games happy weekend that's ron in houston texas you for the email ron. What do we got here? Or, or, he wants to know if we're bumping up julio jones now that norman's not playing on him this year two games and one of the games that he was supposed to be playing against uh julio was supposed to be playing against norman was week 16 fantasy championships well you know it's tough to bump up a guy that's so high already but sure that helps I mean, you're talking about Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, to a certain extent, all going at the top of drafts. Now does Jones – he... I
1: mean, it's not – I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not to that level of minutia that I would actually say okay. thanks to that one game. It's a big week. It is a big week. I mean, seriously. I mean, I guess if you're that – you know what, that's, the, uh, that's a confident player who's saying – you
0: know, I'm going to be there. So. Oh, Ron in Houston, Texas might be there. Ron, Ron's then. going to
1: be there. You know what? Maybe. Sure.
0: There you go. Go ahead.
1: You bump him up there. But, I mean, I don't, you know, if you, unless you see really tough matchups for Oil Beckham or Antonio Brown, um, I wouldn't necessarily, lead, you know, think too much about it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Have we talked about who your number one receiver is for redraft this year right now? That's no, not minutia, that's no, let's, let's, Maxa. We'll get to, we'll get to that later. But Maxa. Okay, uh, Jerry in Asheville, North Carolina. This is our last email, by the way. Dear Balkman and Gerzak, Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu just got paid to be the number one and two receivers in Detroit and Atlanta. With them not playing opposite A.J. Green, do you think Green takes a step back in 2016 with no proven option to keep coverage off him? No. So the email, Jerry in, in Asheville, North Carolina. You don't? Nope. Why is that? I think he'll be
1: fine. I mean... So what was the question? It was about he Marvin wants Jones he, leaving. He's, no, and Sanu leaving. Sanu sucks. Marvin Jones <laughs> is a little bit Sanu older. Sanu just
0: got paid a boatload of money by Atlanta.
1: Well, you know what? So sort of Jim McElveen back in the NBA. No, had, don't bring up the five, NBA on yeah, that. show. Yeah, $35 million. He sucked. I mean, sucky guys get paid. It's okay. It happens. You know, okay. Um, at, what is it, Houston? Well, whatever his name was in the NBA in the Knicks. He got $100 million over 10 years. Wait, who?
0: Alan Hughes. Dean- oh, Alan He was, he was yeah. good, though. He was very good. He was terrible for that $100 million. He, was, he had a knee problem in the last few years. Nevertheless.
1: Stealing money from the Knicks. Yes. Yeah, Sanu sucks. He's gone. Kay. Marvin Jones, he he's okay. But, you know, you still have Tyler Eifert. You have other guys who can catch him. Eifert, who's been hurt. Uh, yeah. He, you know, I think... If you can make the counter-argument that he's going to get 194 targets because no one else can catch the ball in, in the whole area. So the,
0: the DeAndre Hopkins argument. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, yeah. So it's fine. I mean, you can make both. I think A.J. Green, a stud is a
0: stud is a stud. There's less talented players around him. He's going to have to carry the load. He's, he's fine. You know what's great about um, A.J. Green, too, is is he's got the perfect quarterback. The quarterback who's good enough to get the ball to him when in spots where Green can use it, but the quarterback that's not good enough to spread spread it around the field and make – Everybody good. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. You don't want like an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady type. Yeah, you want like an Andy Dalton type. Yeah, exactly. You know? I exactly. agree. Yeah. So, I, and that, uh, that's, that's he, how Jake DeLone was with all those years of Steve Smith. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think Dalton's like, uh,
0: he's sort of double covered. <laughs> he yeah. He throws it. Yeah.
1: Right? That's I'm going to red
0: rocket it right to him. <laughs> he does. So that's good. Okay, so I'm with you on A.J. Green. I don't know if he finishes in the top five for receivers this year. I think he is as close to a lock to the top ten as you can get. Yeah, he's, a, he's going in second round uh, of FFPC drafts right now. To me, he's one of those safety picks where you just – and you, you're fine with taking him there. You just throw
1: him in there, boom, got him. That's good. Do you rather have him or Demarius Thomas this year? Um, you know, I would still probably lean to Demarius. And the reason, really? The reason I say it is I feel confident they're going to figure that quarterback
0: situation out. Well, God knows they have to because <laughs> it is really bad right now. You'd take you know, him. No, it o-
1: is pretty close. You know, I should. I don't know. I'm not really sure.
0: You'd take him over Brandon Cooks, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. I think I would too. It's pretty. It's pretty close. I like Cooks a lot. It's fairly close. Uh, final one: AJ Green or Ted Ginn? Shut up! <laughs> See,
1: What the hell kind of crap is this? All right, I we, didn't have
0: to put up with this, Balky. We're obviously going with Ted Ginn, and that is going to do it for tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. So, special announcement: um, the new outlet where we're going to be broadcast out of which i don't think we can say you yet. Can probably listen to the show they have listened to the show they love it i mean this one the exact quote i want your content <laughs> um so they they want us uh, to make sure that we're churning out a show every week now normally we would take next week off but we're not going to because uh, of the nfl draft we're going to record a live show on wednesday night next week Still ten nine central. This will be really fun because it'll be the preview to the to the big draft. L- literally, will be the NFL draft preview show. I know I teased this week's show as that, but this will be the draft preview show coming up this Wednesday night you, at ten do you nine have a guest central. Yet? We do not have a guest yet. Um, I have an interesting story about that of one that fell through, and I'll tell you about that off off, off air. Oh. But we're, I the wheels are in motion to get one for that. So that will be uh, our next broadcast ten nine central on Wednesday night. I want to uh, to thank tonight's guest. John Luxem. Yeah, John was great. Look forward to eating his donuts in Chicago. And the coffee. And the coffee, for sure. Um, And I want to thank the FFPC, Rob and Bryce, uh, all did a bang up job uh, tonight. So that is going to do it uh, for our final Friday show before the NFL draft. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I want to remind everybody to check out SBFSTA.org. Go to add the FS, uh, SBFSTA link on Twitter to check out that New York Daily News article. Feel free and to play, like and retweet. And play the main event. And play the main event. Free Thursday night stay in Vegas at the Westgate. You can't beat that as long as you're a main event player. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Your weekend officially starts. Oh... This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.